Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 13. Here's Pastor Ryan. First belief. And so this is interesting. God, through Paul, is saying to us, and do this knowing the time. There's an assumption God has for all of us who know him that you know what time it is, like what's really going on. Again, punk rock scene, gangster scene, anti-government, anti-establishment, anti-social. It's easy for me now as a Christian to say, oh, there's a conspiracy going on. I knew it back then, and now the Bible confirms it. Yes, there's a conspiracy for our souls. Read the book of Revelation. Read when Satan is judged. He's the one that deceived the nations. Read Isaiah 14, where it talks about Lucifer's fall from grace, from heaven. When he's condemned, they say of him, when they see him, is this the one? That weakened the nations? This is the one that tricked everybody? That's what we're dealing with. And it's a conspiracy for people's souls not to believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came to save us. It's a real conspiracy. And we need to know what time it is. Because if you look at what's going on in the world, in the World Economic Forum, those, those nut guys, they're crazy. It's like a movie. It's like, you know, villains. You know, they're going to tell you and I how to think, what information we can receive. They're censoring uh, uh, information that's going on. They're like the thought police. You think our way or you're wrong. That's tyranny. It's crazy. How much more are we going to see? If the Lord tarries, some more. But you're the only hope for this world if you've been born again. You're the only hope for the world. You don't need what they have to offer. They need what you have to offer. If indeed you're active. Because here it says, and do this knowing the time. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Like it is, there's never been a better time than to wake up from being spiritually lazy. That's what it's saying. There's never been a better time because of the time that we're living in. You can see it. You can smell it. My goodness, I'm looking up. I mean, is it now that he's going to pull his church out of here? First Thessalonians, please. Chapter 4. Verse 15. Amen. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those 
who are asleep or dead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Listen to this. If you're visiting for the first time and you're, you don't know what I'm talking about and your church doesn't mention this stuff, you may pray about a different church. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That means we don't die. We meet him in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That can happen at any time. That's what we're waiting for. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I gave my heart to Jesus in 1999 in August. We are closer. That moment that you fell in love with Jesus, that moment... Remember that moment, because it's time for us to get back to that moment. Remember that moment? Remember how we said we'd do anything for him? Anything. Remember how we said we're done with our own lives, we'll do anything he wants, that we live for him now? Some of us need to go back, because now we're giving terms of conditions to the king. And, and, And they are irrelevant. It's what does he want? What do you want, Lord? Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. My heart is that when we're in heaven together, when we are in heaven together, that I look at you with the clear conscience that that I was exhorting you guys to do something for him so that you can have rewards in heaven. And so that you're not in the lower level of heaven, but you're up on, on top where the big rides are. That's my goal. That, that his church would be presented to him a, ch- a chaste virgin, clean. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The night is far spent. The hour of darkness, the works of Satan, it's it, it's it's far spent. Revelation tells us that he is on a rampage because he knows his time is short. The night is far spent. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, right? So, you know, he says, awake, awake out of your sleep, cast off the works of dark, cast off the sleepiness, Cast off the complacency, the laziness. Oh, I'll serve someday down the line when it's convenient. There's a ton of things we can do here. This place is big. You know what I mean? It's like, find something to do for the Lord, you know? There's stuff we need help with here. But it's time to wake up and cast off those sleepy clothes. Take the PJs off. Time to get off the couch. Because, I mean, you know, works of darkness, you know, it's not, nothing's, I mean, isn't being complacent, isn't inactivity dark enough? 
Must I mention to you guys, hey, don't beat anybody up tonight, okay? Uh, don't stab nobody. Don't kill nobody. Don't, you know, you know, works of darkness. I'm saying wake up. Works of darkness is not doing nothing. Let us walk or, or let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. You know, the Holy Spirit in you is the hope of this world. The message of the gospel, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in us is the light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. You know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't, you don't take a lamp and put it in a basket and hide it under the bed. It's supposed to be where everyone can see. See what? See some activity. We've been talking about loving God with all of your, with all of your, what? With all of your heart, with all of your strength, and then soul. So, you know what I mean? That equals action. Period. Period. I believe in getting your rest, saying your prayers, being in the word, get your rest, and in the moment, you got to get up and go. Get up and serve them. You know, we all need a break. You know, we all need a, a couple days off, a week or two. Some people will take a year-long vacation from serving the Lord. That ain't the real world. Why should the loss see a Christian who is inactive for a whole year want anything to do with our king? The lost wants to see the glory of the Lord resting upon us in action, loving God, loving his people, involved. That's what the world wants. Because to the world, inactivity doesn't even work there. You get fired from your job. Or you used to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like there's stuff that isn't cool to the natural man. It's like, hey, you know, tell me about this Jesus stuff, but you know. You don't do anything. Or your life's a wreck. Give God glory in all aspects of your life. Let him clean up those messes in aisle five that you have and I have. Just let him come in and say, all right, this needs cleaning, this needs cleaning, this needs cleaning. Lord, handle that. You're the king over all of this now. And then and then, and then people are going to want to hear what you have to say. And I believe in you. If he can use me, he can use all of us. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Jesus is our example of what it looks like to walk properly. He walked properly as in the day. He was, what, what did he do during, when he walked, what was he doing? The father's business. So when we go to work, when we're with our family, when we're on vacation, when we go to the store, we're going with the Lord. We're about the Lord's business all the time, everywhere. There's no vacation. There's no, I'm out of church so I can now be me. Me is doing his will. In my hobbies and wherever. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. I mean, if you know what time it is, right? If you know how dangerous the world is. If you know how short the time is. It isn't time to like go party and get buzzed. 
I mean, those days should be over. I mean, you, you talk about how serious it is right now. The night is far spent. That means it's late in the game. You can come at any moment. You don't want to be, you know, cracking open a beer and wine with your cheese and your crackers and, you know, it's, it's, it's first Peter chapter four, verse seven. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Jesus, when he was resurrected, he told the disciples in, uh, in, in John 20, he, he, when he freaked them out that first night, he showed up in the room and he said, peace I give you, or peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So he's sending them out by the power of the Spirit to do something. And Peter says, the end of all things is at hand. We shouldn't grow weary. In We should not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let me just tell you something. Serving the Lord isn't easy. You know what I mean? Like, we've forgotten what hard work is. Hard work is, is, is Christianity. It's hard. It shouldn't be easy. Work is work. By the sweat of our brow, he said. I remember years ago being on a mission trip with my pastor, Jerry Brown, and he said to me, that was a good day, Rye. I'm spent for the Lord. We just served all day. And, and when times get tough in the ministry and we're tired and we're exhausted and we're, you know, exalt him. It's easy to exalt him when everything's peachy peach. But when you feel tired, when you have, uh, you know, you just don't feel your best. That's why he said in and out of season. Because we're in this world. There's a whole lot of out of season. You know? It's hard work, and we shouldn't run from it. We should expect it. But Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He tells us to be sober. In fact, in his epistle, he talks about how the world thinks it weird that we don't continue in the same dissipation as them in drinking. I mean, my old homeboys, when I came to know Christ, they were cool with me, but the moment they I stopped drinking, my phone stopped ringing. That was like, you know, but they got it. They understood it because I had been drinking since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I grew up in South Delmani. There's liquor stores that sold to us at that age. We drank to, we pounded. We didn't just drink. It was just a beer with our steak. And, and look what it says in, in our text. It says, it says, revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, 
Not in lewdness and in lust, all right? How many Americans in America, historically, in the last hundred years, has blown it with their virginity, has blown it with their integrity because of alcohol? How many mothers have been against drunk driving? How many fathers? How much pain and suffering has been in America on the basis of alcohol? And you, oh, but Jesus turned the water into wine in Cana. Okay. The alcohol today is 10 times more powerful, right? Like when I was smoking weed in the 90s, it made the weed in the 60s nothing. It was so much more powerful. The weed their kids are smoking now is 100 times worse than what I smoked in the 90s. You see, the alcohol is more crazy. That's why you ask a CHP officer, all right, is one beer okay for me to drive? What will he say? No. They don't want, the the state of California doesn't want you driving heavy machinery on one beer. And we're going to go to war against the powers of darkness with the little buzz going on? The next chapter is going to talk about the real big reason as to why we shouldn't drink. And it talks about not making a brother or sister stumble. See, when I taste a Budweiser or Corona or whatever, that's, that takes me back to lewdness and adultery. That takes us back when we were kids and we just wanted to hook up. And you know it and I know it. When there was a party and girls were showing up, you ask any one of those little perverts back then, do you want this to be an alcohol-free party or should we get a couple cases? All of them perverts are going to say, get cases, girls are coming over. That's the life I come from. That's why there's Christians in the body of Christ who freak out when they see another Christian still partake. They freak out. They have reason to. They come from families that have been messed up. So here we are, wanting to preach the gospel to people. And Paul does say, yeah, if drinking wine makes my brother stumble, I won't do it. That's what he says. I'm following him as a pastor. You know, there's pastors that have broke my heart, ranking out in these last days or going back to the drinking. It's crazy to me. Calvary guys. But when they, when they do that, I don't call them Calvary guys anymore. They can have the dove and the name, but in my heart, they're not Calvary anymore because Chuck didn't teach us that way. Anyways, that's a lot. But uh, it leads to other stuff is what I'm saying. To me, it was always the gateway drug. They say weed is? It's alcohol. All day alcohol. That's my opinion. Sorry for being a buzzkill. Pun intended. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, 
but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 23, please. We're almost done. Proverbs 23. Verse 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles all pretty in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly, the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. It can lead to very, very bad things. That's what the word tells us there. Turn with me to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him, what my son and what son of my womb and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Amen. So that's my uh, that's my stance because I lived it, and because I've gotten to minister to a whole lot of people that were messed up because of it. And uh, I don't need it. It's all good. I can live without it. And I'm addicted to it. Haven't had it in twenty something years, right? But I can tell you that I just love the taste, the smell, the bubbles, the all of it. My flesh does, but I don't want it. When I want to get fancy, I get, uh, uh, what's the Italian? Not the Perrier. What's the Italian? Carnelli? Pellegrino. Get a little ice cube. Get some lime. Some. Himalayan salt. I'm good to go. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. You're very good to us, Lord. You're coming soon, Lord, and we are just so grateful that we know we're going to see you soon one day, very soon, and be in heaven with our friends and loved ones who have gone before us. Father, I pray for everyone here. I don't know everyone's spiritual condition. But I, I pray that hearts would be open. I pray that if there's somebody here who hasn't confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and repented of their sins, that they would at this moment. So guys, while all heads are bowed, if you're here this morning and God has spoken in your heart and you know you need to give Jesus your heart and repent of your sins, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so that I can lead you in a prayer. 
to ask him to forgive you and to come into your life. Jesus said that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny me, then I will deny you. I just want to give everybody an opportunity because if you don't give them your life, my friend, if you die, you're not going. It's the only way is to put your faith in the Son of God. Is there anybody here who needs to do that? Father, we thank you again. May you bless our time of fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.